Hi everyone, Morgan here, and welcome to another episode of the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. I'm so excited to have guests again. I had, I went through a long stretch of just not doing the podcast, and I really missed it, and I especially missed having guests like our guest today, Des with Mother Prepper. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you here. She uh, is one of the original seven, if you know what that is, <laughs> on uh, the women who prep on Instagram. So I'm really glad that that um, kind of brought us closer and happy to have you here. Thank you. I feel like um, we all come from different backgrounds and different situations and each are so unique. And you, you've been doing this a long time. And so you were actually one of the the people that kind of encouraged me to even start the Instagram um, and reach oh. out to other people of like-mindedness. Uh, oh. So kudos to you. Wow, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm really glad you're here. You have a very unique voice to share. I always love seeing your posts. They're always really valuable. So um, you're really important part of the community, but I really want to get to know you a little bit before we dive into our basic, um, our, our main topic of urban preparedness today. Um, but let, let's tell everybody about you and how you got started in preparedness, how you started your Instagram, why, what, tell us everything. Yes, I'm happy to. <laughs> um, well, let me start with saying it is very much still a learning journey. And so there's times where I will reflect on what other people are posting and sharing. And I'm like, man, I did not know that. And I feel like that's every single day in the preparedness community. And that definitely motivates me to um, continue to contribute back and to learn and to share. Uh, but my preparedness journey, um, it started, <clears throat> I want to say back in 2017. I live in a very suburban environment. So if you look at a house and then you times it times 18, you'll find like cookie cutter homes. Everywhere. That's what I live in. So I live in a very suburban environment where um, homes are close together. The city's not too far off, but it's definitely, um, you know, not, it's not too far to where you have a lot of people in one space. And so for me, I, I started in 2017. The storms were really bad that year in my general area. And we, we don't live too far off from the um, uh, levee system here. And the waters were just really straining the levee. Um, our overflow rivers were just at the height of, of you know, it was taking over parks and walkways. Like the water was just insane. And even though we weren't in immediate danger, um, as far as like flooding goes, it it definitely caused me to stop and think, you know, if we were in those danger zones and impacted by the rising tide, we would be, we would have nothing, we would have no plan let alone gear or food, you know, any of the things that come to mind when you think preparedness. And so at the time we didn't have kids. It was just my husband and I and my dog. And so we're like, we got to do something, you know, and, you know, I don't want to make it sound like my story comes from a place of fear, but it definitely came from a place of realizing very quickly that I am not prepared in any way for a need, a natural disaster or you know something to happen. Um, and so little by little, I started to really just kind of, um, reach out. I started on Pinterest, which is of all things, um, <laughs> looking for like, what's a 72 hour kit? What does that mean? What should I have? What does like, what does that look like for me and my husband and my dog? Um, and it really started with building, you know, bug out bags and car kits and it kind of just layered from there. And I think of, preparedness. And I think you mentioned it before too, where you kind of, you start somewhere and then you just layer on more layers of preparedness. You can move on to food and to water and self-protection and just kind of radiates outward of the, of how you're building your preparedness plan and, and your journey. And that's, ours started with kind of realizing we don't have anything and then starting mm -hmm. small with bug out bags and it kind of just grew from there. And I think it really ramped up when I had kids of my own. Oh yeah. I was like, because you just you're you're so responsible for this tiny being, and you, you have to think forward for them, and it really just kind of sparked it from there. And every day, like I said, it was every day is learning something new and and trying to encourage myself to think, you know, what would we do in these cases where 
um, we may need to to act, you know. So especially after 2020 and 2021, yep. <laughs> I hope everybody's prepping. Did you after the, so you were so you started in 2017 and then the pandemic hit around 2020. It's a it's a few years, you know, of of getting prepped and stuff. Did you feel ready for all of that? I felt like my mindset was definitely more prepared than than most people. I, there was a you know there was a lot of panic. There was a lot of unknown. And I, I think back and it was kind of a crazy time because in, so I work, I have a, a, a nine to five and, um, we were sent home to work from home in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first we're like, great, this is gonna be awesome. This is what we've been wanting <laughs> yeah. for years. And then you, know, you blink and two plus years have gone by. No. Uh, but when <laughs> we started to work from home, I think, people started to realize, okay, this is something that could impact many things. And then the craziness at Costco for, you know, toilet paper started happening. So I felt my mindset was much more, I felt like I was more prepared because we knew, you know, either it's a natural disaster or somebody losing their job or illness, something can always happen, Mm -hmm. but to, to be a bit more prepared and so we had enough, you know, to be, to, to be able to last us. So we basically went to the store in, you know, the same fashion as other, everybody else was doing, but to kind of top off our supplies and just to make yeah. sure we, we filled in any gaps. It wasn't like what a lot of people were experiencing where it was just this, we are not ready. Cause I was like, I was there in 2017. <laughs> so right. I felt completely un, unready. And so I think the thing that probably scared me the most with everything that was happening is just seeing people's reaction to Mm -hmm. to everything happening it wasn't so much like who knows it wasn't so much I can't get my hands on toilet paper it was yeah look at how insane things are getting and how people are reacting in crowds and lines and a lot so that was like whoa I don't want to be anywhere near that Yeah. I mean, you kind of bring up a really good point of how people are reacting and like, you know, there's uh, in, in spaces, you know, in the public spaces and as preppers, I think that was a big advantage. If you're prepared, then you could just stay home and avoid that pretty much, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a big advantage, but I think one of the things that um, uh, COVID has taught a lot of us and specifically preppers who were prepping before that is to really up our game. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. that I, I heard it so many times from so many preppers. I thought I was prepared. I'm not, you know, and, and right. um, it kind of just changed your mind, you know, set a little, like you were just saying, you know, just completely kind of changed your mindset. Like I, I talked about pandemics a lot, actually on my channel. I wrote about it long before the pandemic actually happened and nobody ever took it seriously. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. It'll never happen. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then it happened mm-hmm. not the way that we thought, but, <laughs> um, right. but it happened. And, um, it, it definitely forced us to think differently about a lot of things. So yeah, I think people's priorities have been shifting. Has, has your, so you are in an urban area Mm-hmm. Um, has your thought process changed at all about like, I don't want to live in an urban area anymore or like, how, how has that changed for you? You feel fine? You know, what's, what's going on? I would love to put my house up for sale. I'm just kidding, but no, I'm not. Really. <laughs> um, I, I do enjoy, I know I do. I think this journey has really taught my husband and I that we would like more space and more land to be able to do the things I feel like come with self-reliance in the form of like having a larger garden and keeping animals, you know, and so ways to become more self-reliant in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely, you know, when your neighbors are so close to you that you can see, you can wave at them from your own backyard. It definitely can create some uneasiness because you have to think about you know, things at the fan, are these sweet neighbors going to come over and ask me for food? Are they going right. to, you know, are they, is that friendly, you know, uh, neighborly love going to turn into malice because now you possibly have what they, what they want? Are you even going to mm-hmm. stick around to find out? Like you have to kind of ask yourself these, these questions and be in the space that you're in, realize that that is very much a reality. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't really have an instance where 
you know, when COVID hit, people were coming over like, Hey, do you have extra toilet paper here? I heard you're a prepper, you know, and we didn't experience any of that. Um, thankfully, but Uh you, you have to think about it. Like if you're in close proximity to people, um, you know, what your plan is going to be, you know, is that more reason to be equipped to be able to bug out and leave if things are getting dicey? Because if you're sitting duck with, you know, uh, your gear and your family and what you have, you might be putting yourself at risk. So I think it just forces you to really look uh, ahead at uh, what your plans would be. But I feel like, you know, this journey has taught me we definitely want more space to mm-hmm. to do like this micro homesteading thing that um, we've we've talked about for a few years. But now that we, you know, we have some garden space and we're actually starting to to hone our skills, the skill sets that come with self-reliance. Um, I think we would enjoy more space and being a, a little further away from some neighbors, but there, mm-hmm. there's good things that come from that, right? Like when you're in maybe not so much a city environment, cause I think that would be a little bit, um, a little tougher, but when you're in an environment like I am where you do have neighbors, it also encourages you to band together, get to know your neighbors and share insight into like what skills they're developing. What are things you're working on for that community aspect? And so luckily I have some neighbors nearby that are, you know, we, we talk about preparedness quite often and we, yeah, I'm like, I'll, I'll grow lettuce and then you grow, you know, okra and then you over there, you'll grow onions, you know? And so like, (laughs) even though it's jokingly, it's, it's still a community plan, which is cool. That's nice. Um, hold on one second. Is that really loud? No, I can barely hear it. Oh my gosh. Just like turned on and I was like, it's a jet engine. Is it the furnace? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you're good. Not that bad. (laughs) Are you in a plane? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I just transported. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm going to give just a couple seconds of silence so I know to cut this part out. Sure. Okay, so speaking about neighbors, though, what do you have any advice about how to actually like say howdy neighbor? You know, <laughs> not necessarily being like hi neighbor. I'm a prepper. Let's talk about preparedness. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, like not. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. I think it can kind of come with you know over time. There's a lot of you know what's funny is there's a lot of people who have no, like never talked to their neighbors and they've lived there for. Yeah years and so I think that's step one is get out of your house and go meet your neighbors um because I I feel like if you just um you know go over with the intent to to build connection and build community I think those conversations will will happen way more naturally than you think because I I feel like a lot of people in an urban environment are so quick to just live in their tiny box and like not communicate Mm -hmm. with the world and if you want to build community, you, you have to not be that way. So right. I, I mean, it, it could, it could be something like, Hey, you just made a plethora of bread, which I've been doing. My poor neighbors are like, no more bread, please. <laughs> you know, and I'll you just your neighbor, give me I all know. the bread. And Oh my I God, know. who are these heathens? <laughs> uh, but I mean, even if it's something like, you know, going over and sharing what you've grown in your garden or bread yeah. or, you know, play dates. Uh, I mean, I think, especially if you have kids, if you have kids and they have kids, I mean, I don't know a single parent that doesn't want to talk about, Hey, making sure that we're, we're prepared to take care of our kids. If, if, you know, things go wild or, you know, if the food is less in the stores nearby, you yeah. know? So I, I think if you're just outside and making an effort, I think a lot of that will come. Um, I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, let's talk about how many canned goods we want to store, you know? And so <laughs> It's it's because we get excited about it, right? So it's it's easy for us to get in that mode, but I have to remember that not everybody has been on this journey with me. Right. <laughs> and to them, and to them, I'm I probably sound crazy, but uh, you know, if you think about preparedness in the form of like insurance and warranties, it's not so crazy. Right. I'm I'm internally really nerdy and excited, and I get really excited about things. And like externally, I will online, but if you see me in person, I'm very like you know 
kind of mellow and a little stoic sometimes. And so, um, you know, you and me talking like, you know, frenzies or whatever, it's different. But anyway, like I'll see my neighbors <laughs> and and I'll see my neighbors and I'm like, I want to be like waving my hand going, hello, my neighbor. And like, getting yeah. all wild with them. <laughs> but they're always like head down. I'm always like, they look like they don't want to be bothered. And so, yeah. I, uh, you know, it is hard, but... And, you know, I just, I've had to just be like, hello, you know, I think a really simple hello is going to be a really good tell of whether, of of where they're at, kind of, you know, where Mm -hmm. you're at. And, um, you know, like the neighbors right behind us have kids and I, I, I might do this one day, but not now, but, um, I might get a ladder (laughs) And just like peek over the fence and be like, hello, <laughs> I hear you have kids. Can we play? Yeah. <laughs> can your kids and my kids, can we get them together? <laughs> right. Um, or something. But yeah, I mean, like, just, I think a really simple hello, you know, I think people overthink things yeah. and, you know, they really want to get into those deep conversations <clears throat> and you don't have to say anything about anything. You don't have to say like, I'm a prepper. You don't have to say, I'm going to give you this. You don't have to say anything outside of hello and just offering that invitation of conversation, invitation of opening up to your world. And, you know, you may have to do it a couple of times. Some people are very <laughs> standoffish. Yeah. Uh, but if they know you're there to stay and you know, you're not going away right. or whatever, then yeah, I mean, again, all it takes <clears throat> is that simple hello. And I think that's yeah. where it'll all start. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. Hope, I'll, I want to know how that ladder initiative goes. Let yeah. Me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take a video. How? <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm in, I'm in Texas. That might not go well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it's a little different maybe <laughs> we're all really nice except if somebody's like peeking in your yard and be like what are you doing <laughs> yeah i mean there's that definitely <clears throat> um okay so i actually want to hear about your your urban garden you've been talking about this garden oh and my i want to hear about it it is uh a, a nice dream uh, that is taking a little bit longer than I'd like to breathe life into. So I, I live in zone 9B, uh, to be specific. And uh, that means we get ample sunshine, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, like sometimes too much uh, to the point where it's searing some of my plants in, you know, July and June. Mm-hmm. So um, knowing that our, our grow season is going to be coming coming up soon, I've been just doing what I can to revamp the side of our, the West facing side of our home. Um, I always knew, so that side of our house, um, first of all, we're very lucky to have a a nice size lot in where we live in Northern California because like space just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely wanted to utilize that side of the yard because it was just an empty space for years. Even after we had moved in, we're like, what do we do with this? I don't know. And so with this preparedness journey really also came my desire to use and utilize every inch of my house because my house is not huge. And so we try to make, you know, the most utility for the space that we have. And so the mm-hmm. garden kind of, kind of came, came as an idea because it aligned with what we wanted to do with self, you know, reliance and being able to grow our own food, but more importantly, teach my kid, where does food come from? You know, yeah. it's so easy to go to the grocery store and pick up produce and you're like, great, perfect. Now we have broccoli. It's like, do, mm-hmm. do you know how hard it was? How many years of water? I'm just kidding, not years, but like how <laughs> long it took to grow your food. And so I think this really came with my desire to teach my, my daughter where her food comes from. And there's something magical about kids just getting in the garden, getting dirty and building those, you know good habits and good microbiome, mm-hmm. all those things. So <laughs> we, we, re, we had a, a trial grow season last year and then um, we decided, you know what, let's just go full blown. Let's use as much space back here as we uh, on the side yard as we can. So now I'm in the uh, process of, you know, I tore out the old beds that I had originally built and we got raised beds and, um, 
we doubled the size that we had the first year, and then we're going to add planters for container growing, you know, things like I want to keep separate, mm-hmm. like my attempt to grow corn, we'll see, and sunflowers and things that yeah. probably need their own space. So it's it's getting there. You know, I, I shared with the OG7 and with you girls that the uh, soil came in, and I was like, this was a mistake. They put it in the middle of the street. Oh my God, my neighbors are going to kill me. So um, we finally got the soil and now it's really just tying up loose ends, which is just like getting, you know, putting down the weed barrier for and rocks so that we can walk on it and it kind of keeps it tidy. And then hopefully in the spring, getting some chickens. So working on that too. So it's really just going to be our micro homestead on a small scale. And if we're successful and we learn things, which I'm hoping we do, I'm hoping every year that we're still here, it'll grow little bit by little and it'll become that much more kind of diverse in um, the type of produce that we're, you know, growing on that side. That's the dream, yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. You know, like you are saying though, you know, it takes, it takes time to learn a lot of this stuff and you got to really, you got to start and just do it. You know, like even you're saying, you know, we're just going to try the corn and the sunflowers and whatever. Yeah. Just try it, you know, see if it works. I mean, I tried so many things in my old gardens that I, I was just like, sure it was going to work. I'm like, I'm in the right zone. It's the right time. I'm doing the right rain dance. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it just failed. Why? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah, I can it, diagnose it and sometimes you're just like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. It, and I feel like there's so much pressure. I, fe- I mean, here's the thing, right? Uh, you and I, we have a lot of content that we're sharing on Instagram. And with that, there's a lot of people who are posting what they're growing in their lush gardens of Eden, you know, right. and it's just, it's both encouraging and also just uh, really deflating sometimes when you, you can't replicate that magic. But I think we forget that things happen and it's completely outside your control. But what's more, most important is that you are trying and that you are attempting again and learning from your mistakes. And also these people with amazing gardens probably have help. So, and they're not talking about (laughs) it. So just to give yourself a little bit more grace in this journey, because it really is an ongoing journey. It's never going to be perfect. I remember when you had your, um, your garden in like the desert. And I was mm-hmm. like, if Morgan could do it, I could do it. And then when I couldn't get something to grow, I'm like, I am a failure. You know, it just, and I'm not saying that, but I'm just, yeah, it, it's, you, you have to adapt and you have to keep trying is the point. It, and so I'm glad that got- you brought up some of yours, <laughs> your challenges. Yeah, but it, you know, you're absolutely right. It does feel like that. Like, you know, I've seen other people who are growing in the same environment as me as, as the desert and they had all this stuff growing. I'm like, how did you do it? I can't do it. You know, but like, you know, like I, uh, I actually changed that garden around a few times before I left and, uh, you know, was getting some things to grow and like people who were in different zones than me of, you know, less hot or whatever, they were having trouble with carrots while my carrots were, you know, great you know yeah. and they were abundant you know and it's like why were their carrots not growing but mine were I don't know you know <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> and you know I I can give you what I did but maybe maybe that I don't know maybe that doesn't work and so I you know you have to figure out what is going to work for you in your area and even with the zone thing that just you can only narrow that down so much. I can talk about gardening a long time, so I'm going to stop here in just a second. But if you're <laughs> okay. in an urban area, I want you to see what like Mother Prepper is doing and all the other urban gardeners. There are so many urban gardeners out there. There's so many urban books about gardening, mm-hmm. container gardening, um, raised beds, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, indoor gardening, if you can't do an outdoor or both or do it all, whatever you can get even little tiny little pop-up greenhouses that you can just move on the floor, oh, yeah. you know, if you need to, um, whatever, like just try something, do something, anything. And, and if it doesn't work out, it's because, you know, something wasn't working out, not enough sun, too much water, not enough water, you know, look up the plant that you really want to um, plant and then really get to know that plant. That's what really helped me with gardening. I mm-hmm. kind of didn't know anything about the plants that I was planting. And so before I planted in the desert, I got to know 
every single plant and what they wanted, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, this, that, and the other. And I felt like I just had a lot more success that way. And so again, urban or not, you kind of, you, you got to research a little bit and get to know things a little bit, but at the same time, throw some seeds in the ground and just go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah. So, um, go, everybody should go to Instagram and actually see mother preppers progress on that. It's looking wonderful. And you're, you actually get to start soon here, like outside, right? Like next month or something. Yeah. I I was looking at the grow calendar late na- last night and I was like, oh my God, I'm running out of time. Uh, yeah. So I've yeah. got to start my seedlings uh, pretty soon here so that I can, you know, um, transport them into their uh, forever home in the beds. So yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like we could talk about gardening forever, which I love um, because there's always something to learn. So mm-hmm. I, I will continue to to plan it out and hopefully get some seedlings very soon but I appreciate the encouragement because I need it (laughs) well I'm very excited for you and I will always encourage you and anyone else who wants to do a garden I think it's just such a satisfying feeling even if you get one tomato it's just that one thing that you're just like I did this I grew this yeah and you know there's hope and you know just just do it just do it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to ask you, how, how do you handle, okay, this is actually two questions. First of all, okay. how do you handle people asking you why you live in California? And two, how do you handle people trying to say that you need to get out of an urban area or like that you shouldn't be living in an urban area and prepping in an urban area or whatever? So. Yeah. Ooh, that's a, I get that all the time. Um, I have lived in California a great deal of my life and I, I do love California. Um, it's, I mean, North to South, you just have so much of a diverse state to explore. You got snow and beaches in the same state. Um, she's a beautiful, she's a beautiful state and amazing weather. Um, and you know, our roots were here even before, you know, we were born. So we have a lot of family in, in this state. Um, I had have lived in the Bay area for a a good amount of my life also. And I'm no longer there, which is, I feel like better for us because we're a bit removed from like the crazy dense city population, um, which Mm -hmm. was definitely a plan that my husband and I had, but I, I enjoy California. There's a lot of things that people can say that aren't, you know, um, putting California in the best of light. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They, yeah, probably true. But this is home for us for at least the time being. And um, we definitely are working to make the best of it because we do definitely enjoy where we are. Um, ideally, we would probably be looking for a place that has a little bit more land, but we'd love to stay in California. Um, I think that kind of goes for a lot of different states. I feel like um, California snags a lot of the spotlight of um, what not to do. <laughs> but right. I, there are challenges in every state. And so if you, yeah. no matter where you're going, there's always going to be this pros and cons list. And it's really up to you to determine, does that fit the needs of your family? Does that mm. fit that season of your life? You know, and are you willing to do what it takes to make that work for your goals where you are. So for us that, you know, um, we're doing what we can to make it work because there's going to be challenges in every state. And I'll get a lot of people that are just like, well, that's what you get for living in California. And I'm like, you know, right. it, that's fine. I'm comfortable with it because I know, I think once you are so confident in your journey and preparedness and what you're doing, that, all this other chatter, it's just noise. It doesn't matter. It doesn't apply to you because it's not you. It's not your family and whatever people are doing for their preparedness journey and wherever they've decided to live that works for them. And that's awesome. And you're just pumped for them. Um, but that doesn't always apply to you as well. And so I think I try to just, you know, um, I get a a lot of feedback sometimes on the, on this specific topic. And so when it comes my way, 
I'm genuinely excited for the people that have, you know, made major moves and changes for their lives to align with what they want. And that's great. And we're doing that in our own way with what we have. And so I think, um, just being feeling secure in that, um, is really, really nice because it really comes back to the conversations that I'm having with my family and my unit here of saying, okay, this is what we're working on. This is what we can control. And this is what's next in the plan. And that brings me comfort knowing that we are doing everything that works best for our family um, without, you know, without the uh, outside feedback. But um, right. I think part, I think part two of the question was, um, forgive me. Can you rephrase part yeah. two of that question one more time? Yeah. Um, uh, kind of like the California question of, you know, just how, how do you, um, you know, deal with the feedback of, you know, Preppers shouldn't be living in urban areas. You can't prep in an uh, urban area, blah, blah, blah. I think it's super unrealistic to think that people, first of all, I feel like that's coming from a place of unwilling to think that uh, that other people live in different environments. I think you right. become so, so myopic in your own view that if you don't think other people are living in conditions that are completely opposite of yours and are still trying their best to make it work, then, then you're probably not having enough exposure to the outside communities. So if anything, I'm super encouraged when I see more people in urban and suburban and city environments, just taking small steps to become more self-reliant and become Mm -hmm. prepared. Because I feel like if we made a, a, if everybody made these small steps, we would be in the in a completely different space when uh, a major um, event happened, or if something mm. was to disrupt, you know the you know the logistics channels as we're already seeing, right? Like grocery stores across the country have bare shelves. There's mm-hmm. there's you know storms that are wiping out freeways for truckers to be able to get through. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things happening. But if, if people everywhere made small steps to be more prepared, and that could be a accumulation of storing more food, honing their skills, uh, the sky's the limit, we would be in a much different space. And the conversations we would be having would be completely different. I think mm. we would be building stronger communities because we are so open to accepting that preparedness is something we should all be thinking about and working towards. You know what I'm saying? It would be a major shift for stronger communities and individuals. That's just my thought. Mm, girl, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm just over here smiling and nodding away. I'm like, mm-hmm. go girl, you go girl. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's exactly how I feel about it. And I, I think it's absolutely absurd to think that the entirety of everybody who lives in the city can just up and leave to the rural area. Now you're creating rural areas into more dense populations. So it's kind of yeah. like a catch 22 of great. Now everybody's out of the city creating <clears throat> new cities. I mean, that's basically what would happen if everybody just started moving out right. of the cities. I mean, rural areas are actually becoming way more dense because of this. People are, mm-hmm. there's, there's a huge boom of people moving out into rural areas. Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, it, it's definitely becoming way more populated in, in areas that used to be way less populated. Now, you know, that's not everywhere, of course. There's still very rural and, and, and remote places that are very, you know, den- uh, not as densely populated. And so, um, you know, but I, I mean, like you were saying, it's so unrealistic to expect people to just up and move. What if they're happy there? What if they can just make things work there? What if they need to live there because they need to be near a hospital? What if they need to live there because they need mm-hmm. to work? What if they need to live there because they have family they need to take care of? What if they need to live there because they want to? Right. <laughs> okay. Like it has nothing to do with, you know, I mean, I, I, I actually think people need to especially be prepared if you're in an urban area. If you're not prepping mm-hmm. and you're living in an urban or suburban area, boy, you know, you're going to be in for some really, really unfortunate events that are happening because, you yeah. know, you do, you have to prep even harder, right? And not harder, but you know, there's certain challenges as you know, there just are, and that's okay. Yeah. 
it's okay. It's okay to understand these challenges. It's okay to understand there's more people. There's, there's, um, you know, more traffic, maybe there's, um, maybe bridges that I have to go over. There's things that I have to get around or do or whatever, you know, that I have to figure out, you know, if I ever have to leave town or if I ever have to bug out, sure. I'm going to have to plan that well ahead of time, way before everybody else also decides I have to bug out or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, special, different, Challenges, not hard, but things that we especially have to think of if you're an urban or suburban prepper. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of echoing what you're saying, but yeah, like it's, it's just a, a completely absurd when I hear this, that, you know, you can't just yeah. make things work exactly where you are. You want, you want to go live in another state. You want to go, you know, have land somewhere else. Fine. Follow your path. Do what you got to do. In the mm -hmm. meantime, you know, make, make work where, where you are. And if that's an urban yes. area, it's an urban area. Do it. You know, just build the skills until you can go off and do whatever else or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. I love it. Fun. Yes. <laughs> that's <my soapbox> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's really great. About this. Yes. <clears throat> but, I mean, um, are, there, are there any specific things that you think um, an urban prepper needs to do outside of maybe like a rural prepper like do other plans do you think that need to be a little bit different do you think yeah bugging out needs to be prioritized or bugging it or both or whatever what's your thoughts I think you should always have a plan for either bugging out uh bugging in or, or bugging out I feel like that is part of just that risk assessment of of, of how you need to react um <clears throat> I feel that urban preppers need to do a great deal of planning for bug out mm -hmm. situations uh, yep. because have you ever been in a traffic jam in the city? It's terrible. doesn't matter no. what city it is. It's just different degrees of terribleness. So <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you know, I, there's a lot more thought that has to be put into the planning of how to get out of the city yep. and whether that's, you know, having routes, A, B, C, D, E of, mm -hmm. you know, back roads, bridges, tunnels i mean whatever or digging that tunnel route, yeah, okay. you better start now yeah <laughs> but having an evacuation plan is probably going to be um one of the the top things that every urban um prepper has to think about because where you have more people you'll you'll you're likely to have more panic you're likely to have more chaos uh, and that's just because you have a lot of people in uh, one space. And yep. um, that's just part of things that you have to plan for. I mean, and the, that goes for people in completely opposite uh, situations where they're in a completely rural area where, let's say it's so rural, there's no roads. Okay. How are you going to get your oh. horse out of the snow? <laughs> you know, you have to think, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you just gotta think about your situation and if things go go bad and you need to leave what is your route and but I feel like in urban preparedness there are a lot more things that you have to think about factors right because there are just things outside of your control like if if the bridge is congested mm -hmm. do you have a path where the you know uh, do you have a boat to be able to get across do you have like right. one of those inflatable boats that you just keep yeah. in the garage or something you know something you just have to constantly be thinking about what are your contingency plans and what are your what are your ways to mitigate these risks if they pop up? Um, I think uh, the plan to evacuate is going to be something that more urban prepared, you know, more urban preppers are going to probably have to put some, some big thoughts into. For sure. I also think um, security is like a really big one. Now I've always taken security mm -hmm. very seriously. I've, I've lived in urban areas most of my life, I've only lived rural a couple of years, but the couple of years that I lived rural, I even took it very seriously then. You know, I still lock my doors. You know, I don't want those moose kicking in my door, but you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was still like in the rural areas that I was, there were still people driving by. I wasn't like completely, you know, like oblivious, you know. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, you know, it's not like somebody couldn't find me. Okay. Right. No matter where you live. And that's, that's true. No matter what, you know, no matter mm -hmm. where you live, it's not like you can't be found. You can, 
and people have and whatever. And so um, even in rural areas, I was still, you know, very security minded. But I think in urban, I think security really needs to be kind of upped and really thought about a lot. Like in an urban area, I even like chopped down the bushes in front of my door so that people can't hide behind it, that kind of thing. And like, you know, I can see you outside with your machete, just no bushes, none. (laughs) I would have no bushes in my house. (laughs) Not in my house. For sure. (laughs) No, you bring up a great, great point. Yeah. Like what, what type of security um, would you recommend for like urban preppers? That's a big one. Um, I feel like we are very much on the same page with security. I think not just because we are, you know, preparedness minded, but we are mothers and Mm -hmm. we are women and we don't discount the world that we live in. Um, Mm -hmm. I think in an urban situation, because you have more people in your immediate area, security is absolutely going to be priority for, for a lot of these things. And so First of all, the mindset that, oh, nobody locks their doors around here. No, stop that right now. Oof. Lock your door. Um, it's just because as much as you want to believe in that, you, you, you these doors, like doors exist for a reason uh, mm-hmm. and locks. And so utilize them because um, you just, you never know. And, and security is, is so important, especially when you have very precious things to protect, like your family and your kids. Yeah. And, and everything that comes with that. So security for me is, is big up there, you know, things like door locks. Um, you know, if you feel comfortable having an alarm system, if you feel comfortable having, uh, cameras around the perimeter of your house, there are some really, really cool, uh, options now for, uh, varying degrees of, you know, home surveillance, uh, mm-hmm. that you can take advantage of. I think a lot of people are like, I don't want high tech in my house. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to get a deadbolt, you know, you, you, there's, there are ways to, there are options. And I think security now is so easy for so many families. There are options and that's everything from securing your home to the locks, to the cameras, to the fire alarm system, to the emergency Mm -hmm. response system that you, you can take advantage of to personal Mm -hmm. protection. There's so many options, but I think what is, what is pretty, um, unprepared is to think that you'll never need them. I think that is a false sense of security that a lot of people are like, Oh, that won't happen here. You know, we, we live in a good area. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, there's some good areas that I lived in, in in the Bay area that we have bobcats that'll like steal your dog (laughs) or mountain lions. Like not all security is just for people, right? (laughs) I know (laughs) not all security is just for people. You have to be, you have to be prepared. And I think, you know, personal, you and I, we've talked about personal protection quite a bit and, and mm-hmm. we take pride in, in honing that skill. And it's very much a skill set you have to stay on top of. It's not just yeah. like, hey, buy this security system and not be trained to arm it at night or right. buy this personal protection of your choice and not train how to use it when you're out jogging. You know, you have yeah. to consciously think about you know, that security measure. And I, I love how you bring that up. I'm, all, I'm over here talking about, um, you know, evacuation plans and you're like, well, security is more important. I'm like, damn it. You are right. <laughs> so, no, I mean, no, not more important. <laughs> not more important. Important. Okay. Because the evacuation could de- technically be part of security. Okay. I need to secure totally. myself out of here. Okay. <laughs> but it's not, I'm it's kidding. not more, not more, but um, there's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And I think that people really need to take advantage of everything. Get those alarms on your windows. Get the sticks in the sliding glass doors. Get the alarms on the doors, too. Like, um, there's those little, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're little, uh, I don't know if they're magnetic, but they connect. One goes on one mm-hmm. side of the door and one goes on the other. And when you open the door, when you arm it and you open it, it lets out this screeching sound. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> uh, that. Those are so handy. Oh, they're amazing. I love them. I put them on, I mean, I'll put them on all your windows, on your, all of your Mm -hmm. doors. 
do it everywhere. It's really handy. Um, and, you know, have the, the lights on and, you know, don't make any dark spots or blind spots for anybody. You know, get the kick plate in your door. Um, you know, get your security cameras like you were saying. You know, I mean, so many options that you can do these days. It's not... And they're not expensive. They're just not. You know, I think the most expensive one mm-hmm. would be like a whole house security alarm or something. But, you know, I mean, those are those are fine. But if you can't afford that, get those, you know, alarms that go on your doors and your windows and stuff. And those work really well, too. Yeah. Um, those are there. There's options. There's so many options. Yeah. So many. We have yeah, a, and we have a lot of uh, new builds in our area here. Um, mm. newly built homes. They're just built, they're just popping up whole neighborhoods. And so mm-hmm. for a long time, <clears throat> they were being targeted because oh, yeah. people knew that you were likely moving in. You probably didn't have time to set up a security system of any kind. Mm. And you probably were going to and from, you know, big box stores to get things like curtains and bed linens. And so you're not home mm. and your stuff's conveniently still in boxes perfect for somebody to you know pick up and move so a long time you know for a long time we were seeing that um and so it just it pays to invest a little bit in security and and protect your home and reinforce your door locks you know things like that because the world we live in is constantly changing and no matter where you are you want to be able to protect yourself and your loved ones I totally, totally agree. I, I actually did want to bring up one other thing. Um, the Sometimes when you have a garage door and there's the door that from the house that goes out to the garage door, that door is often left unlocked. I really want to remind people, lock that mm. and lock your garage. Even if you lock your garage, people can still, eh, it's pretty easy to get into a garage. Uh, yeah. If you've ever watched any videos, it doesn't take very much. And so... Um, they can get into your garage once they get into the garage. If your door is open, just open access to your house. They just walk in. Yeah. And that's so, huge. yeah, like uh, my husband was like kind of fighting me about it the other day. I was so surprised. I was, you know, I was like, you know, leave, we're leaving the house and locking the door. And I'm like, you know, and he's like, I just want to go out the back. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to lock this. He's like, Why? I want to go out the garage. That's why I go out the garage. And then I can lock it and I don't have to deal with that door. I'm like, my goodness. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Just lock the door and walk away. And yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that's a really, uh, that's a big mental block for some people. Like they, they just find it like a hassle or unnecessary, but I'm telling you it's not. And it's, it's mm-hmm. that I'm almost at, I'm not neurotic, but even before I go to bed, I'm not neurotic, but listen, (laughs) every time I go to bed, I always walk around the house and check everything. And all I have to do is just touch things to know whether they're locked or not locked or that kind of thing. And, um, you know, but maybe you have to get a visual on stuff, whatever. But I think that's also a really good habit to get into, um, right before you leave the house or right before you go to bed or anything like that, make sure everything is set to go, you know, like you said, with the alarm, go ahead and set it, you know, and mm-hmm. get into it's, I feel like it's a routine for me, you know, I just walk around the house. Oh, yeah. And yeah, makes me feel better. <laughs> so I feel like these are all habits that, you know, we, we started this talking about layering and these habits and these preparedness items. Um, and that's one of them, right? Are you yeah. building the habit to walk, you know, to do a check in your home? So that you know what's out of place or you know what isn't right. Right. You know, like if your door to your your sliding glass door to your backyard is open slightly ajar, Mm. would you have even noticed it if you weren't doing your your checks and making sure your kids are tucked in, that, you know, things aren't open, that shouldn't be? I mean, I feel like we, you know, I I don't want to make it sense because your home is your sanctuary and that will always be the case, but. I don't want people to have this false sense of security because you're within the four walls of your home. There are many things that are risks that if we don't pay attention can bubble up and be bigger things. Thing, I mean, it doesn't even have to be in a situation with, you know, like an intruder or, uh, yeah. you know, a thief. It could be something as small as a very clogged chimney and you're deciding mm-hmm. to start a fire because it's cold now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you putting your family at risk for carbon, you know, 
carbon monoxide poisoning, which is a silent killer. And that's part of security mm-hmm. too, making sure you have the right sensors so that you know if things are not right in your home. Yeah. So yeah. there's, I feel like we could talk about gardening and security forever. So but I'm going to, I'm going to muzzle myself now <laughs> because I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have you back on for those very, very specific topics. Um, yeah, I will be I here. <laughs> yes. Yay. Okay. Well, um, I do feel like we need to close it down a little bit, but gosh, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about urban preparedness to about anything or you or anybody? I feel like we are encouraging more and more people to just own their own preparedness journey and normalizing prepping. I'm sure people have seen that hashtag normalized prepping because it very much is something that needs to be normalized after surviving 2020 and 2021. And we are in January of 2022. If you have not thought that you could be impacted by things that are happening in this world, whether it's a natural disaster or a very unreliable logistics chain for produce and food, I think you are still living in your bubble. Um, and I think that is going to make some people uncomfortable for me. I feel like calling them out, but you have uh-huh. to think forward and think that you are, you can easily be impacted by things that are happening and have already happened, happened around you. So I feel like, you know, we're through our efforts of sharing how easy this is to really just uh, start the preparedness journey. It's encouraging more and more people and more families. And that's beautiful. But if you don't know where to start, reach out. The, mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this whole effort is the preparedness community. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to point, point right back to the, the community because everybody wants to see you succeed um, in, in the community. I, I've yet to encounter one person that's like, no, you're doing it wrong or you shouldn't even be trying. And it's very much, hey, have you thought of this? Like, what about this skill? Hey, have you considered this option? Everybody here wants to see you succeed and take care of your family. So if you aren't sure, just reach out to someone and start the conversation. Yeah, we all start somewhere. I mean, you know, when we first started, you and I had literally no idea what was going on. And, you know, we figured it out and Mm -hmm. we did it. And, you know, now we're always learning too. Like, you know, you and me are always learning, always learning new things. And so, you know, it's a constant process. So don't ever feel like, you know, oh, well, all these people, they're so prepared, you know, way more prepared than me. I'll never get there. Yes, you will. I mean, mm-hmm. you will. You will you could you could get there in a couple of months. You can get there in a couple of years, whatever it's going to take. But it's not, it's not a race. You know, don't worry about that. Just. It's not a race. Stop. It's true. It's not a race. <laughs> it's not a race not like I'm not competing against you nobody's competing against anybody else all you're doing is getting prepared so that you can be better off in whatever emergency disaster um my coffee spilled on the floor whatever you know like it doesn't matter (laughs) my child got a boo-boo who cares like Mm -hmm. you know these are all important things that we could be prepared for I don't know how you prepare for coffee going on the floor besides crying, but I'll have to look into that. (laughs) Yeah, I I will cry. Coffee is like my elixir of life. So if it spills, I'm I'm quite sad. (laughs) I was just thinking I might need some more right now. (laughs) Okay. Don't forget the coffee, everybody. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I want, um, everybody to go visit you on Instagram. You're just mother prepper. It's M U T H A prepper. It's very important to get this right. Mother prepper. Yeah. Uh, on, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and, uh, join the community and yeah, just reach out if you ever have any questions to mother prepper. Um, yeah. Where else can they find you? Is that it? Uh, I technically exist on YouTube, but it's under construction. It's a, it's kind of a, a, a laughing thing at this point, <laughs> but I will, I will work on it. But most of what I do lives on Instagram. Thank you. She has amazing reels and great content and I love everything she puts out. So absolutely go visit her on Instagram. Thank you. You <laughs> will not regret it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being here and thank you all for listening. I really appreciate you. Uh, I hope that you will 
conquer tomorrow by preparing today. And if you ever have any questions, reach out to Mother Prepper or myself. And you can find me at roguepreparedness.com. I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, oh, yeah, and this podcast. But you're listening to that and you know that. Haha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Conquer tomorrow by preparing today. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.